This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, here we go now with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. We started the show today talking about the shortage of family doctors in British Columbia, and there's a petition online gaining steam mm -hmm. on that. Lots of calls, lots of people don't have that family doctor. There's a shortage of nurses in BC too, right? And there's some news on that today. Yeah, as we speak, actually, in a few moments, uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix and Parliamentary Secretary Mabel Elmore announcing a new program basically to streamline and accelerate the process of getting international nurses um, into, uh, into, uh, into BC. So again, there's a shortage of uh, people in all sorts of professions right now that where the baby boomers are, are retiring and trying to fill the gaps has been um, is a challenge. BC Ferries, for example, the reason there's staff shortages over this summer right now, we're gonna see sailing cancellations and sailing waits is that um, there's a number of trained professionals who have retired in, in BC ferries. You just can't walk on a BC ferry and start working. You, you need training. That's just one example. You've got family doctors are, re are retiring. You've got other uh, healthcare professionals retiring in large numbers. So nurses, again, is a critical component of the healthcare system, obviously. And so that program being announced today is going to uh, enhance and accelerate the ability to uh, get more international nurses here. Yeah, and is that, like I've talked to some nurses who have been trained in the United States, for example, and you'd think that they would just have a very simple process to get mm -hmm. accreditation here, but there's red tape even for people who are coming from the U.S. Oh, there's red tape for sure. There's, we've done stories over the years of doctors, for example. Very hard to, to come to B.C., uh, from other countries, even though you've been trained medically, you have to pass an, uh, a series of qualifications. You have to be approved by the college and the registrar. It's a laborious, bureaucratic process. And I just wonder whether we're going to see um, other professions, the red tape d snipped because the number of people uh, retiring in all professions is significant. I did a story of just a few years ago, the number of technologists in healthcare about to retire. People who operate MRI machines, for mm. example, X-ray machines. There's going to be a shortage of those workers in uh, in the years ahead. If you're a young person listening right now, get a skilled trade, whether it's the trades, building things, or whether it's in the healthcare system. Do not just doctors or nurses. There's also technologists where we need more and more people. Okay, let's talk about a story we've talked uh, earlier on, on the show about, and that's the uh, liberal MLA Mike DeYoung and his endorsement of Pierre Polyev mm -hmm. for the Federal Conservative Party leadership. And I encourage you to check out Von Palmer's column on this in the Vancouver Sun, where he has interviewed Kevin Falcon, the new leader of the Liberal Party, who is not happy no. about this. He's not happy that one of his MLAs is wading in to federal politics and endorsing Polyev. Yeah. Let me play real quickly of here's De Jong endorsing Polyev on an earlier show. Have a listen. And I've been waiting for a national leader to come along who's prepared to talk about those things, talk about their importance, uh, and talk about what the longer-term implications are for Canadians. And uh, Polyev's the only guy that's been prepared to do it and has okay. the courage to do it. 
Okay, he's talking there about Poliev saying we should put the brakes on government spending and the debt is too large. So that was Diong on an earlier show. Kevin Falcon not happy about that. What's no. going on there? Actually, you and I were speculating what Falcon's response is going to be. So his interview with Vaughn Palmer, again, making it very clear, uh, he does not want members of his caucus wading into this very contentious uh. and fractious and bitter conservative leadership race. There's no uh, positives here for a BC Liberal member to get uh, involved in this thing. And Kevin Falcon called De Jong out on it. And again, you and I have talked about this before. Is is De Jong just basically foreshadowing a jumped federal politics by endorsing the perceived frontrunner? Well, of this is one of the things that occurred to me. Uh, maybe he's not too worried about his his existing leader being upset with him. Mm -hmm. If he's planning to jump into federal politics, maybe under a new leader at the federal level, and I asked Young about that. I just asked him straight up, are you going to run for the federal conservatives? Here's what he had to tell me. The, the short answer is, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I've been in public life a long time, uh, and, I, uh, and I honestly don't know. Uh, you're a member of the federal conservative party, though, is that right? Uh, uh, for, I'm uh, on my third day, Mike. Yeah, he's on his third day. He just signed up as a federal conservative in order to vote for Polyev as the leader. Exactly. And yeah. again, him not ruling it out doesn't mean he's ruling it in. But I, yeah. I take away from that, he's giving serious consideration to jumping into the federal sure. politics. Sure, sure. He's been an MLA, a BC MLA, for 28 years now. Um, yeah. I think, uh, again, he's weighing his future. The odds of the BC Liberals winning the next election are not necessarily good. Uh, right, they lost badly in 2020. They'd have to be considered the underdog. I don't think he enjoys his time in opposition. No one, no one who's been a cabinet minister for so many years enjoys being in opposition. Yeah. It's the most frustrating so you contrast. Think, you think maybe he's thinking Falcon cannot beat John Horgan, so I'll jump into federal politics? Well, I think, it, I think it's an open question. I, I, I would not favor the liberals of winning the next election. I think the NDP has to be considered the the favorite but that's you know, bc politics can change we know this it's usually hard for the ndp to win elections but that 2020 election was a game changer yeah yeah let's talk about something going on south of the border and that's you had a federal judge in florida has now overturned the mask mandate mm -hmm. on public transportation in the united states so you no longer have to mask up on an airline flight for example in the u.s Let's play a clip here of Jen Psaki, who is the White House press secretary. She was asked about this ruling. Here's what she said about it. This is obviously a disappointing decision. The CDC continues recommending wearing a mask in public transit. Uh, as you know, this just came out this afternoon. So right now, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who would be implementing, and the CDC are reviewing the decision. And of course, the Department of Justice uh, would make any determinations about litigation. Okay, so she seemed to be suggesting there, oh, could there be some sort of an appeal on this? But it sounds like there won't be any appeal. Sounds like and a, that's it. That's it for masks. You don't have to mask up on a flight in the U.S. now. And what a contrast to our system. So this judge, Catherine Mazel, was uh, criticized at the time of her appointment as being unqualified for such a senior judiciary post. She was a Trump appointee. Um, and this, again, is the uh, politics weighing into public health in, down in the United States. So it's going to be very interesting whether this is appealed or not. Air airlines seem to be happy about oh, it in the U.S. They're jumping through hoops. They're yeah. very quick to drop the mask. I mean, airlines sure. since day one 
have not have resisted a lot of the public health measures because it hurts business. Uh, some of the nastiest correspondence the BC government's received was from airlines. What uh, do you think most airline passengers, how do they feel about it? Maybe they're happy not to wear the mask now. Some of them will be. A lot of them will be. Well, I think, and it depends where you live. In, in BC, for example, if you're in a small rural community, you're not going to see any mask wearing. But if no. you see just again last night at Thrifties uh, where I shop, I'd say about... 70% of the people wearing masks, but that's an urban area. And same in the states, red states, blue states. You're going to see different um, adherence to public health it, uh, protocols. It's interesting to see a federal judge overrule uh, national policy like that. Like in Canada, we still have the mask mandate on airlines in Canada, right? That's been laid down by federal authorities. Federal governments. But is it, could that be overturned by a judge in Canada? Oh, I highly I suppose doubt it. it could, but I doubt it. I, I doubt, doubt it will it. be. We, we don't have an activist judiciary to the degree that they do down in the States. Yeah. Uh, they really got a, a cons if you're appointed by a Trump-like uh, uh, president or an Obama president who appoints liberals, uh, Trump appoints conservatives, and you see an ideological split in many of the... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Ports down there. All right, welcome back to the show. The phone lines are open. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. James and Burnaby. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I know you guys were talking about fast-tracking the process for international nurses to be qualified here. But yeah. uh, isn't that process in place to ensure like certain standards? And if they're going to fast-track them, how can they ensure that those standards are still met? It's a good question. Thank you. Yeah, so I don't have all the details. Those will be announced at 1030, but uh, we have those uh, standards in place already. It's not yeah. as if we don't have international nurses. Uh, there's already standards that have to be met, same as doctors, same as other uh, colleges or registrars. They do require certain standards to be met. So, um, again, we don't have all the details yet of what this is all about. That doesn't come till 1030, but I'm sure that uh, issue will be, will be addressed. You obviously have to have a system where standards are acceptable and appropriate and, and nurses, they're properly trained and they're professionally oh, yeah. trained yeah. and qualified, obviously. But I mean, there have been cases where I've interviewed nurses who had received a nursing degree from, you know, major universities in the United States. Mm -hmm. And they were having trouble exactly getting getting standing here. Well, and doctors have you know they've gone to uh, medical schools in other countries and can't. Uh, it's not a, a quick leap to go from one country to another to practice medicine. Yeah, six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number. Star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Tim in Kelowna. Hi, Tim. Yeah. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, to that point, uh, my daughter just graduated uh, six years down in the states. Uh, dietitian. Uh, 4.0 GPA, master's in science, and she wrote an exam down there for 250 bucks. She's a registered dietitian in the states. If she wants to be up here, it would take her anywhere from six to 18 months, and cost her four grand to become a dietitian in BC. It's just, uh, okay. it's just insane that they would think that. Yeah. yeah that, well, that that's interesting. I had no idea that was the case with dietitians. But again, to my earlier point, I wonder whether the the bureaucracy associated with all sorts of these professions is going to have to almost disappear. 
as the shortage becomes more acute, as more and more baby boomer generation retire in all sorts of professions, um, the need for, for replacements is becoming dire. I did a piece like four years ago on for just to pick one, the BC construction agency or construction industry, yeah. there is going to there is already an, a, a growing shortage of foremen, mm. of of project managers, not just uh, you know electricians or or, or tradespeople, but actual managers uh, of foremen on job sites, and that's becoming that's becoming a real serious problem. So you just started applying that to all sorts of professions, and healthcare is no exception to this. So I think you're going to see the red tape disappear. Let's go to James on the line of White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Keith, I got a question. Are they going to be removing this restriction from flying across our own country with the vaccination since all the passports have been dropped? And the other point that I have to make is that being a tradesman in British Columbia and coming from Alberta, I had to retest for every equipment ticket that I had from Alberta. Mm. There was a workers' compensated uh, uh, test in British Columbia, but anyone from British Columbia can go to anywhere in the rest of Canada and they don't have to retest for their oh. tickets. So it's just oh. a cash grab. It's yeah. a cash grab for, from the province to make people relicense, even though they're qualified, even in their own country. Wow, interesting. Well, I didn't know that. You should have a segment on that. That's an, that's an interesting... Yeah, James, uh, hey, James, send me, a, send me an email on that, will you? Yeah, Mike, Mike at CKNW.com. I'm familiar with that. In terms of travel, uh, look for travel rules to change significantly over the summer. Uh, that's what's happening in all sorts of jurisdictions. As more and more people travel, uh, you're going to see the rules change significantly. Um, interesting, Richard Zussman did a piece on our show last night. Uh, the requirements to coming back from uh, countries into Canada, you have to wear a mask for 14 days in public spaces. A lot of people don't know that. So the, the, the federal rules for travel are out of step with provincial rules. Wait a sec. If you come, if you are out, outside of traveling, outside of Canada, you when you in, return, you're supposed to wear a mask for 14 days? In, in public spaces. Really? Yeah. Even which, though the mask mandate's been dropped. Exactly. But it would still apply in that case. It still case. applies because oh. it's a federal rule. Now, I'm not sure how you enforce that. Um, <laughs> right. I, don't, I think most people, would, if they don't want to wear a mask, they're not going to wear a mask. But it's interesting. I think the federal rules for travel are going to have to evolve to match the provincial rules for travel. Yeah. I think that's yeah, going to happen. The, this the, call, the caller brought up the point about the the vaccine mandate, which which is still in place for that, for travel, federally regulated travel. Yeah. So if you want to go on, even on a domestic flight in can, within Canada, you still have to show proof of vaccination. And, and right? that may change as well. I think yeah. a lot of travel rules are going to relax over the summer. Yeah, for sure. What about the mask mandate? I think that that'll be reviewed too. I think that'll be. I think yeah. everything's up in the air. Yeah. Uh, again, look for travel rules to ease, not to be tighter. Okay, Kathy calling from Abbotsford. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hi, I'm just wondering if the um, if the shortage of doctors and nurses isn't um, something to do with the vaccine mandates. Would that no, have something to do with it? No, not really. Uh, in healthcare, in terms of people working in hospitals and such, requiring uh, uh, to be vaccinated, ninety nine percent or ninety eight point eight percent of people who work there are vaccinated. So it's very, very few. But what about the ones who refused to get vaccinated and were laid off, fired? Well, like I say, very few doctors and nurses fall into that category, but there's some. Yeah, there's there some, are some. There's some nurses. Last count we got, which was a couple months ago, was about 2,200 people out of 130,000 people were, were uh, lost their jobs because they refused to get vaccinated. So, yeah, nurses, that will have an impact on um, 
on some nurses. The biggest impact right now is burnout amongst healthcare professionals. I mean, you've got family doctors or doctors working clinics, or, or we did a story a couple nights ago, one in White Rock, closing her clinic because she's absolutely yeah. burnt out, not because she's not vaccinated. 